Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek. This issue's cover is on unicorns. But before you frown upon the subject given that it's covered adequately in the media, wait until we hear Forbes India's take on it. Joining me on the call is the cover story author and uh, who's written, written a bulk of uh, the package itself is Rajiv Singh. Hi Rajiv, thanks for joining in. Hi Abhi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What is the cover about and what was your pitch to the editor? Because uh, unicorns as a subject is admittedly over-reported. So what was your angle? But the cover is not on unicorn, Abhi. I think you got the wrong cover. Did I miss something then, Rajiv? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not unicorns. It's profitable unicorns, Abhi. <laughs> that for bulk of the readers is an oxymoron. Both are very different animal, Abhi. One is a unicorn, which is 1 billion and plus other is a profitable unicorn. You see, India last year was a unicorn year, I would say, 2021. And then the trend has continued in the early part of this year as well. Overall, if you look at 103 or 4 odd unicorns, there are only 20 of them who are profitable and not many who have posted back-to-back -back profits. So there might be one unicorn which has turned a profitable in, or posted median profit. But there are not many who have been consistently posting profit. So that was our biggest challenge to talk about all those guys who have been posting profit for a minimum of two years. That was our first big challenge. Second challenge was to get the FY22 numbers because so far not all of them have filed their audited numbers and not again many were willing to share the numbers. So that's why the numbers came down from 10 to 5. Some of these names are uh, very well known to us. A few others may not be household names. You've got the likes of Lenscart in there, Off Business, Infra.Market, Ease My Trip and the like. So what did you find out, Rajiv, when you went on your reporting binge by talking to these founders? How is their mentality different from others? Or are they just operating in a market where profits come in sooner? This is what I would say that separates boy from men is a mindset. All of them wanted to turn profitable. It's not an overnight thing. They don't have, nobody has a magic wand that today I start my business and tomorrow it will turn profitable. But you need to have that clarity that sooner rather than later, you have to post profit. And after all, what are businesses for if you don't post profit? You can't have 10, 15, 20 years of profitless run and keep on chanting that we are on the path to profitability. Let's talk about one of them. Let's say off business. What do they do and uh, what makes them different? You, you talked about the mindset. What is the mindset of the founders, the husband-wife duo? What makes Off Business also very unique is Ashish happens to be a former VC. So he's a VC turned entrepreneur. So imagine he, he he's donning both the hats. He knows what valuation is. He knows what business is. And here is one guy who in the first year only was posting loss, had posted loss, in fact. And after that, uh, he never had losses. In fact, as a VC also, he was looking after those segments like hospitals and all. Which, which are alien to the concept of losses. And for a guy coming from a middle-class family in Odisha, he, he never understood how can businesses be running for so long or can run without profits. And it's very rare to have a husband-wife combination who have two unicorns and both the unicorns are profitable. Ruchi comes from an, an, you know, an analyst background, McKenzie. And, and for her, uh, even a single transaction in which she loses money, gives us sleepless nights. Was it surprising to you then that their funding pitch was rejected some 73 times, was it? Is what I read in your piece. 
Oh, absolutely. First, people didn't even understand the business model because what they were doing was something very different from what uh, India has ever seen in B two B. So, what were they doing? Just for those who don't know. So, it's a off business is a B two B commerce platform, and then initially people didn't even you know, all the backers and most of the VCs didn't understand what does it do, and the guy had a tough time pitching the story to so many investors. So that was one thing. Second is whenever he used to talk about posting profit. Some of the VCs used to make fun of this guy. The idea was, and even some mocked him, saying that why don't you think large, larger than life? Why think about profit? Think big, think grand, think about scale. Profit comes later. And this guy was never able to, you know, relate to what what the talk was. How can there be a growth without profit? Also, when is it that he would be happy with the size of profit that he gets? So how do you know you are doing well or not so much when the VC fraternity says that you are not thinking big? So how did he get around that? This guy is absolutely unique. He has a unique definition to what happiness is, what real happiness is, what delight is, and what aha is. So he says when when the business starts posting profit, that's the beginning of happiness. The real happiness for entrepreneur is when the business consistently starts posting profit. The delight would be. when both your revenue and profit are growing at a faster clip and the aha moment would be you know when nobody can come close to what you guys are doing nobody can replicate so of business and oxyzo if you look at both the profitable unicorns they are in the first two stage and they are yet to achieve that delight and aha moment so so by that count would it be right to assume that profit and scorching pace of growth a real rapid growth do they go hand in hand or not so much no again see it's a matter of your choice and other factors also play a role for example in a segment where there are big loaded competitors like take take for instance e-commerce where amazon is taking on flipkart because here are two insanely loaded guys and you know that cost of customer acquisition has to be high so bleeding is the name of the game and the guy who bleeds the most and who has the most firepower will will uh, be the last one to stand that's the nature of the segment where you don't have a choice but you have to bleed now cut to lenskart you, do, you don't have a intense cut throat rivalry like flipkart and amazon and and then lenskart happens to be in a segment where the gross margins are very high but in spite of that lenskart took more than 10 years to turn profitable so just because a business is happens to be in a segment which has a high gross margin doesn't mean it will turn profitable that's why i'm saying so many factors go into turning a business profitable mindset is biggest how you go about controlling your cost is second and then comes other factors and talking about lenskart i think they really took off when they moved beyond glasses right into bags and jewelry and that was a suggestion perhaps that came from a vc yeah uh, ronnie screwwala was the guy who was you know who suggested him you can't do multiple things in one time so when when lenskart started it was not only lenskart.com it was jewelry cart it was bags cart it was another another cart there were multiple things that this guy was doing watches cart yeah multiple thing that this guy was doing so the end result is you do, you you're not focused and and ronnie told him that don't worry if you shut down all the other ventures what exactly are you looking for if your vision is to make a lenskart a bigger thing something that nobody has done then forget about other ventures shut it down and don't worry whether people will value you or fund you or not i am there to take care of it so this assurance 
from ronnie change the game for uh, piyush you know lenskart took 10 years to turn profitable then there are some other companies which are fledgling and yet profitable one being infra.market that you've written about in the past as well uh, it it had a rather topsy turvy ride recently didn't it with the authorities yeah a c- couple of new age b2b businesses have been raided by it guys over the last couple of months and and they have been news for the wrong kind of reasons investigations are still on what what and this is what the challenge for any business is when people start when there are things which you don't expect to happen and and when there are real crisis which can actually turn out to be existential crisis how do you survive that have you really built the business on right foundations so that it enables you to tide over the crisis and this is what is a big challenge for players like infra.market again it's a b2b unicorn but what makes infra.market unique is its private label play its own brands and and gradually it has also been on a acquisition spree a couple of cement players it has acquired couple of other raw material players it has acquired so it's building a, a full stack model and then catering to the consumers both in b2b and b2 no, i will i won't say b2c directly but through b2b then b2c so it's b2b and c and uh, mama earth even that is profitable isn't it you've written about mama earth as well which has competitors so been there for a while so how do they deal with that and how do they turn profitable in reasonably quick time yeah two two successive years of profit and for them the biggest thing was having a frugal mindset this is what i told you in the beginning that you have to have that mindset of first turning profitable and second taking care of the cost and that not only comes by be very mindful of the wasteful expenditure you have to also be very careful about the cost that you are putting in that the frugal mindset again comes into picture look at these guys for first four years they worked uh, from the basement of the office they got funded they could have easily moved to a fancy office that so many other startups have built they didn't and so many other ways in which they they control the cost it's not only about growth revenue growth but also about controlling the cost and not about bean bags and massages all the time absolutely just in the interest of time rajiv with a few others what did you discover when you let's say met uh, is my trip vc never saw value in the business and this guy became unicorn because of the valuation that public market gave him <laughs> profitable, profitable venture uh, has been there for a decade or so one factor which actually helped uh, is my trip survive was you know when big boys were fighting among themselves when there was so much of bloodbath in the market deep discount everything this guy didn't have money to spend money to burn and at times you know staying under the radar not getting noticed taking baby steps help you survive when all the so called big boys have died or have disappeared how did they do that though meaning for instance is my trip as a consumer we are known to go to a site which gives us the best deal which means name of the game is price discounts so how does is is my trip get around that what they played very smartly is that for a couple of years they didn't venture into b2c which was a cash guzzling segment they stayed focused into b2b catering to travel agents second from day one they never charged convenience fee and this is what they claim you know all of them can't be bargain hunters a good number definitely are bargain hunters but the bargain hunters the moment they realize that the company is offering a discount and at the same time is taking away that discount doesn't lead that great customer experience and taste and and they made most of it so people who were looking for value who were looking for good customer service they used to go at their site pay zero convenience fee get the tickets book whatever problem you have you have the own call centers it's not outsourced 
talk to them, get it fixed. But for those looking for discounts, there were other big boys who were burning money. And one final one in the interest of time, some other highlights that you'd like to cover, Rajiv, before we wrap it up? Oh, definitely. What this VC told me, it's amazing insight. You know, what has happened in India so far, and by and large, I'm saying I'm not brushing all of them with the, I'm not painting all of them with the same brush. You know, all these entrepreneurs, they have gone to, gone to a gym. And, and gym, you can, you've only got all these equipments which you're using to build your bicep, tricep, shoulders, chest. You have got fabulous six-pack abs, but nobody's working on legs. Nobody ever thought that the lower part of the body also needs to be in proper shape. And that's why profitable unicorns are those unicorns who can walk and run. It's, it's great to have a good torso. You can flaunt, but what if you have a great torso and crow legs? It doesn't work. Right. You have to put substance over style when it comes to businesses of the size of these unicorns. Uh, Rajiv, thank you very much for your time on this podcast and for summarizing it well in the end. Thanks a lot, Abhi. As usual, great talking to you, man. Thank you. Likewise, uh, all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, or any other app that you use to download such content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.